Hello and welcome to this week's episode of I Was Going To Podcast. This week's guest is singer-songwriter, member of Wet Wet Wet, Graham Duffin. Good afternoon, Graham Duffin, and thank you for joining us here in the I Was Going To Podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Graham. Pleasure to meet you too. Uh, even was, though it's virtually. Gonna, I was going to podcast. Graham, the first question we uh, have asked since last March our uh, guests, and we hoped by about April or May that we wouldn't have to ask this, but it's regarding the pandemic, and we, we've got to ask, how have you found this unusual time, and what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? Um, initially, it didn't seem like a lot <laughs> changed for me, because I'm used to working on my own at home in my home studio. Um, but because of the restrictions in place and not being able to have clients into the house, uh, I was doing a lot of work remotely from the studio. Uh, but it, it also gave me an opportunity to record a, a guitar album, which yeah. has been on the back burner for <laughs> 35 years <laughs> so it was like now's the time hold on a minute <laughs> just hold on right there you see I should have had this but an album Spain, yeah. Spain fantastic Let's see it's got all oh, gateful CD gateful. Oh, my goodness that looks lovely yeah uh, yeah, and I had some, uh, I had involvement from um, eight fabulous musicians uh, who just really helped pull the whole thing together and elevate it to a, a higher plane. Graham, so, when, you, when you say, sorry for interrupting, but when you say that it's been 35 years in the making, how long did it actually take you to, to pull it together? Was that just through the pandemic period that you've, you've done that? Yeah, yeah. From start to finish, just working on and off uh, on it, it was over a period of maybe a couple of months over the summer last year. Fantastic. So yeah, yeah, it was it was a very enjoyable th- th- thing, a very enjoyable thing. Yeah, you know it's great, Graham, because there, there's a lot of our guests haven't had a positive outcome. You know, a lot of the pandemic has actually been quite a negative thing. So it's great to have someone on that actually has has used their time well. As you see, it's been something that's been on the back burner. You, yeah. you may never yeah. have thought to it had it not been for that. I know, oh, I know, I know, that's right. And yeah. I thought, uh, I've been practising this m- music for years, and if I don't record it, nobody will ever know that <laughs> I can play any of this. So <laughs> I was right, I need to record it before the brain stops Connecting with the fingers. <laughs> I uh, might have done that a long time ago. Uh, um, uh, Graham, we want to get away from the, you know, the darkness of uh, talking about COVID. Although that was a very positive outcome there. Can we take you? Sorry, yes. Another positive is that uh, on Thursday I'm getting my jab. All right, my wow. COVID jab. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, absolutely. Um, they're, so, obviously ahead, they're obviously ahead of schedule. <laughs> uh, I think um, uh, I, they, I've been offered, the, uh, I've been told by my bosses if I get a chance to take them, because I think there's a lot of people who haven't been turning them up, turning up and okay. they're having to throw yeah. away the stuff. So yeah. see when they, um, when they actually take it out of the minus 80 fridge, they've got to use it that day. So yeah. if they get a whole load of people don't turn up, it's going yeah. in the bin, you know. Um, so no matter, I, I, people are getting short, you know, phone calls to go in. So anyway, sure, you can cut that out. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Graham, can we take you back to your educational experience? I read in an article that you had moved up here from quite a young age into Glasgow from London. Right. 
yeah. about that. Oh, yes, that was a bit of a traumatic <laughs> experience <laughs> at a young age. I think I was seven years old and moving up to uh, a Glasgow primary school, you know, kind of standing in the playground on the first day and you hear all these voices, but you've got no idea what anybody's saying. <laughs> so you go, oh, hang on a minute. They don't sound like I do. <laughs> so I think that was probably my first experience of, of speech as a problem, because I remember somebody come, coming up and asking me my name and I sort of froze on the spot as I tried to think how am I going to articulate my name in a way that sounds sort of the way everybody else sounds. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, I think that was probably my first experience of 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 the mechanics of speech as a problem mm -hmm. uh, but the prim my primary school experience was generally pretty positive right. um, secondary school was a whole other, <laughs> a whole other thing yeah <laughs> bullied in the first three years of, of secondary, which wasn't a lot of fun. Uh, but after moving into the senior school and being involved with other people in music, uh, it that settled out. Right. And uh, my headmaster wasn't very pleased with me when he realised that I hadn't intended to go to university. Saying, oh, yeah. boy, your, your IQ, look at this, you should be going to university. I, says, I, just, want to, I just want to play my guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll go to university and get a proper job. Uh. <laughs> so didn't go to university but I ended up uh, getting a proper job after after school in a in a hospital biochemistry lab so I, I was a biochemistry lab technician for a few years mm -hmm. and uh, obviously nah, this isn't this ain't for me. <laughs> I'm not particularly good at it. I'm not enjoying it. My heart certainly isn't in it. And if I just stay on because it's a job, it'll be same day after day after day. And I'll get to retirement age and think <laughs> what happened there? Is <laughs> that it? As so many do. Can I just ask can I have a, just, show, a, just to probe a wee, a wee bit about your time at school you, you mentioned that you were bullied in uh, the, the, the first uh, couple of years or the first few years yeah. until you got into the senior area and you, you is that when you found music? Did you find music at school? And was that where you started to first pick up the guitar? Yeah, um, I had been getting piano lessons uh, during my primary school age. And uh, my parents had bought a cheap guitar to try to learn themselves and because I was learning piano the 
guitar for me was put uh, out of bounds because it would interfere with the piano. So uh, one fateful weekend I was in bed having had flu and I was recovering and I was getting bored. So I was saying, Mom, can I have a shot of the guitar? No, it will only interfere with your piano. Please, Mom, give me a shot of the guitar. Give me a shot of the guitar. Okay. So after that weekend, I was streets ahead of where they were. They've been at it for months and months and months. So it was like, okay, you you can have the guitar. <laughs> and, um, I remember even after uh, having success with wet, 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 my old grandmother always said, oh, son, it's a shame you gave up y y y your music, <laughs> piano lessons. That's, that's proper music. It's a shame you gave up your music, son. Right, right. Ma, whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> did that just did that feel right, Graham? When you started doing, obviously, you did something feel natural about playing the guitar as opposed to playing your piano. Uh, natural and kind of unnatural at the same time because I'm strongly left-handed, right. <laughs> and it was a right-hand guitar. Right. So right. it was like, oh, well, okay, this is obviously how how it goes. So right. it was, uh, uh, yeah, it's just all clicked. So right. I started playing at the age of 10, and by the end of my primary school, I was uh, playing guitar with, with a friend. And we had a whole repertoire of shadows tunes, uh, right. which was which was fun. Yeah, learned 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 all the shadows tunes. Graham, you touched on this just ever so slightly there. Um, you know, when you 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 left school, you obviously went into being a biochemist. What did your family and friends encourage or discourage your musical aspirations? Hey, uh, my parents were kind of cautious, understandably. Mm -hmm. uh, the church that I was brought up in was uh, fairly strict and had quite a legalistic uh, outlook and uh, they weren't happy when as an older teenager I was uh, playing in bands and, and playing in bands in pubs and uh, it created a few issues in the church. And uh, I was uh, threatened with excommunication. <laughs> you can't play in pubs and in the church. Like, okay, well, let's just uh, ignore that and see <laughs> what happens. So uh, it all panned out, and uh, the attitude changed once I got on the telly. Right. Well, it was great to see you doing so well. Uh, it's, it's nay thanks to you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was um, my my wife Pamela has always been incredibly supportive and encouraging and challenging and and helping keep everything on track mm -hmm. 
and we've been married now for 40, <laughs> coming up for 44 years now. Wow. So. Congratulations on that. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Graham, can I move you a bit forward with regards to you, when you started in your first band in 76, if I've got my notes right, it was a band called New Celeste, was a folk rock band that was managed by Billy Conley. And no, Medjura, of managed, course. No, um, so no, our only connection with Billy Connolly was we supported him on a few dates on a Scottish tour. Right. The research is wrong again. That was Wikipedia that got me wrong there. <laughs> no, that's, that's just... No, that's definitely wrong. Um, And and were you managed by Midgeur from Silk? Was it the Silk management team that did that? No, was that rubbish as well? No, we just take this question out as well. (laughs) Uh, My first band I started at school, it was a band called Maybe the Floor, and uh, we, we continued on that for for several years uh, we had an incredible Hammond organ player uh, who and this Hammond weighed a ton humping it around up fire escapes and all sorts of crazy those were the days and was that a cover band, Graham, or what genre? Did no, it was it was kind of pop. Uh, I'll try that again. Funk, jazz, fusion, uh, all original material. Wow, that must have been very unusual at that time. Yes, seventies. It was uh, adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then following on from that, after that band disbanded, um, I got the 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 call to join New Celeste, Mm -hmm. and uh, we toured mostly in Holland and right. France. Right. It was more of a European thing. There have been so many people through the ranks of New Celeste. Basically, a a guy called Ian Fergus. So New Celeste are still going. Right. Uh, and uh, Ian's he's still singing and playing really well. Right. Sounds a bit like the specials. <laughs> They've had that yeah. many people in them over the years, haven't they? So let, let's let's move on to probably what you're best known for. You joined Wet 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 in 1983. Give us a story uh, 80, of that. 85. Um, it came about because a friend of mine by the name of Tom Morton, who's a uh, BBC Scotland radio broadcaster and journalist and writer, um, he's also a, a musician, and uh, Tom and I had done some gigging, gigging together uh, in the late <coughs> 70s, early 80s, mm-hmm. and Tom uh, had been working as a music journalist and he was interviewing a new Glasgow band um, unsigned at that time called Wet 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 
and he'd got talking <clears throat> he'd got talking to Elliot who is or who was the Wets manager at the time and Elliot had mentioned that they were looking for a guitar player and uh, Tom bless his heart said phone this guy right. <laughs> and and the rest as they say <laughs> is history <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was just one of these uh, encounters that you, you can plan for or uh, yeah. I remember Graham uh, a long time ago. Like like most uh, boys around our age, uh, you were either want to be a footballer or you wanted to be in a band. And I uh, joined a band uh, for 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 whatever reason that, that that it was just a case of I think they needed an extra person because I had no musical talent. Oh. But uh, I remember going along to the Safas Studios to do rehearsals. And there was a, a band that every single time that we were there, they were there and they were the tightest band that I could recall. They were so professional. And every time we walked past, we thought, you know, they've been in there for hours. We're away to the bar. We could come back and they were still there. And I recall to this day that it was wet, 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 starting their, 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 their journey off. Uh, they, they, they were a very professional set of young lads that didn't yeah. seem to come across that that way because they were full of fun. Marty Pello had that extrovert uh, image that he projected. Yeah. That we're just a bunch of guys, but uh, that's certainly my perspective when I, I, I heard the, the music, the amount of work that was going on in the background yeah. was incredible. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember it. <laughs> I remember it well. <laughs> Graham, I, I hope this uh, piece of information and research that we've done as well is that uh, I've, I've, I've read that uh, you appeared in Top of the Pops 56 times, which is quite amazing if that is the correct figure. I, 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 when you look at the amount of hits that we, we, we had over the years, it was astonishing. And of course, in those days, you could be asked back for the same record. So yeah. I'm hoping that that is the, the, the number of times that you were on Top I of the Pops. Yeah, I. <laughs> that, that, those must have been incredible times for you. So, did you find, or throughout your career, I mean, you've obviously done an awful lot, and the albums that are behind you up the wall speak volumes for your talent. But was that your highest point whilst you were with Wet Wet Wet, or would, what? What would you say? And conversely to that, what would be your lowest point in your music career to date? It's very difficult to pinpoint one particular highest point because the early years was a complete whirlwind of uh, re recording promotions international promotions international gigs and tours uh, it was pretty full on for a few years uh, and most of it was was uh, fun and uh, all the guys got on uh, low, low point probably the the point where uh, the band w w went into a hiatus um, due to the w w well-documented uh, issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty hard. But uh, I certainly had other uh, other projects to keep myself occupied and uh, was 
never at a loose end. Uh, so, no real, no real catastrophic lows in that sense. So moving on then, you've obviously had a, a phenomenally successful career in the music industry. Are you involved in any charitable work, Bill? I think uh, the most recent thing that uh, my wife and I have been involved in is a, a Glasgow charity called... Uh, Positive action in housing, oh, yeah. which uh, provides temporary accommodation yeah. Yeah. for asylum seekers, yeah. and, and we have uh, had several people th through the house and staying for various lengths of time and uh, m mostly we have remained in touch and uh, have some very strong friendships evolving out of that. Mm -hmm. That's brilliant. So it's uh, it's <clears throat> been a real blessing for us as a house, as a household. Oh, good on you. I've never heard anybody do that. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I mean, there's a big, obviously, there's a big uh, community in the south side of Glasgow, but I didn't even know that was something that people offer to do. That's amazing. Yeah. Check out Positive Action. In yeah, I, 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 I know them well. I, I used to work in the housing sector, so I know, you know, I just didn't realise that's what they facilitated, you know, was it <laughs> People actually gave up space in their own homes, which yeah. is phenomenally yeah. noble of you to do that. I really, I really admire you for that. Brilliant. Graham, can I take you onto a question that we, we, we touched on right at the very beginning? And it was about Foundry Music Lab. And I, yes. I just wanted to, to, to question I know that uh, you've obviously said you're, you're no longer uh, involved in that project, but can we ask you about where the inspiration of that came from? Well, it was uh, basically my uh, engineering and production partner, uh, a guy called Sandy Jones, uh, was his uh, concept. He's from the the M Motherwell Wishaw area, and. He spent decades uh, building and equipping studios for other people and hadn't ever done it himself. And uh, he uh, thought this was about 16, 17 years ago that it was about uh, time he built his own studio. Yeah. Uh, Sandy and I had been working together on a few projects over the years. Uh, Sandy um, engineered some of the uh, early Wet, wet, wet recordings as well. And he's a musician. He, he played in a band at the time. And he's, uh, he has a very talented writer and producer. Mm -hmm. So Sandy got me involved in the project. And uh, also another friend of his called Ted Lateway, who ran the the education side of the studio. Mm -hmm. uh, 
we had an education aspect um, and uh, got ourselves set up for running HNC and HND and right. sound engineering. Right. Was that with Motherwell College, Graham? Uh, we started off with yeah. a connection uh, yeah. with Motherwell uh, College, but uh, the, that ran for a couple of years mm -hmm. and um, we ended up moving on and uh, running the courses ourselves. Right. Well, that's it, yeah. Right. And did you enjoy that time? Uh, because that would be quite a difference from actually producing music and being involved with the the, the, the front end of, of the music side, uh, the music industry. So you were actually teaching people and teaching them how to get involved with that. Did you enjoy it? Um, I wasn't directly involved in the, the teaching aspect. Uh, okay. uh, Sandy and I ran the, the the studio uh, okay. as a separate entity sure. and uh, we, we've probably recorded hundreds of albums over the the, the 16 years that uh, oh. I was involved but uh, I, Sandy and, uh, and Ted are still operating and uh, have a new premises and it's uh, an upgrade. So it's the, <laughs> the new improved foundry Mark II. <laughs> and... and so, Sandy and I still work together on projects. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. So, Graham, you talked earlier on there about piano lessons. That was your starting point in your musical career, and you moved on to guitar by virtue of a flu. <laughs> you managed to steal the guitar off your mum for I a did. weekend. So, but what? Obviously, you've springboarded into a phenomenal musical career then. So where where is that motiva motivation emanated from? I think it was a, a love of the, the actual music itself mm -hmm. and the interaction of... Uh, playing guitars mm -hmm. with uh, contemporaries and yeah. learning together and bouncing ideas off each other. Mm -hmm. and, and that was inspiring. Yeah. And what about the crowd, Graham? Was that something that you went... Oh, I love the adulation of that. So was that just a nice secondary aspect to your career? That's no something I ever would have uh, expected or ch chased after for its own yeah. sake. Mm -hmm. uh, but you yeah, when it happens, if uh, if large groups of people, when we were allowed to have large groups of people, mm -hmm. uh, were enjoying the the music and and having a lot of fun, then yeah, mm -hmm. it was, uh, but. No, it's something I ever uh, uh, chased after or, or uh, sought out for its own sake. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And just on that, Graham, you touched on it a bit earlier that uh, your family, uh, you came from a sort of religious background, if you like. <clears throat> and I'm curious just to sort of ask, we asked this question to a lot of our guests, but one of them specifically turned around and said he was an entire atheist, no religious belief at all, no spiritual beliefs. Yeah, and I'm just uh, curious from your own perspective, uh, have you got any religious or spiritual beliefs? Yes, I do. Um, it's uh, I'm a follower of Jesus. I tend not to say I'm a Christian because it's been hijacked. <laughs> by the, the, the right-wing fundamentalists <laughs> uh, who haven't helped really at all, uh, and it's it's um, problematic. But yes, I'm 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 uh, for me. The evidence for uh, God um, easily outweighs any uh, any arguments against. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's uh, the evidence of. Uh, the, 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 the universe existing mm -hmm. uh, and us existing yeah. is uh, just too incredible to have happened just by complete fluke. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a, a, a science guy as well, so <laughs> I don't see any uh, uh, any tension between science and uh, faith at all. Uh, in fact, the more that science uncovers the more incredible and mystical everything becomes. Um, I'm certainly not a, a six-day creationist because that's obviously just wrong. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm a person of faith. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because you say there you're comfortable with science. Very often, science and religion make very uncomfortable bedfellows together, you know. But I'm, I'm going to move you on and put you in, in another uncomfortable bedfellow. Obviously, you're a rock and roll man. Um, do you, you know, busy? Do you incorporate a daily, daily health routine to manage your health, either physical or mental? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my my one concession to my health is here in the studio. I have a desk which I can st stand up stand. and sit down. <laughs> so, there we go. That's it. You're a good girl. Standing desk in the studio. <laughs> uh, which is important mm. because I could sit in the studio mm -hmm. all day mm. and that's uh, a, a rather unhealthy sedentary existence particularly during this time yeah. when getting out and about is uh, a lot more restricted yeah, yeah. 
you do suffer from a, having a stammer. Have yeah. you found that that has been, and I hope you don't mind talking about it, happy no. to, to edit this out if you don't, but uh, um, no, I, I, I would like to just ask, have, have you found that restrictive in, in your success? I don't, obviously, your success says otherwise, but have you found it? Uh, was there any areas throughout your life, apart from the earlier potential bullying, that you found it's been restrictive? Uh, y- yes, uh, up until about 20, well, it'll now be 21 years ago, I got involved in uh, a speech recovery program called the Maguire program. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm pretty sloppy and I'm uh, not the best example of the the Maguire program, but it, for me at that point it was quite transformational mm-hmm. because uh, I was physically unable to conduct interviews or or say basically what I wanted to say wanted to say I would try and and swap words out for words that, that I thought might be easier but inevitably ended up being just as problematic um, but now I don't avoid situations and I don't avoid any particular words or sounds mm-hmm. because the more you avoid, the more the fear builds up yeah. and then when it hits you again, the next time it's up a level. So it's uh, it's non-avoidance and go for it anyway. And uh, it's it's been uh, fantastic. I've been able to do speeches at, at, at uh, public events. I've done after dinner speeches. I've spoken at weddings and funerals. In fact, a son headline read, since dealing with my stammer, I've now spoken at for for weddings, weddings and <laughs> actually it was only three weddings and two funerals sides up the same accuracy spoil a good tabloid headline <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Graham, a, a lot of our guests uh, that we have on talk about something like that in their life that they use as a motivator do you yeah. think that was consciously something that you thought, right, okay, that's a part of my life I'm struggling with. I'm going to really throw myself into the music. Did, did you use that as a way of actually, you know, pushing on other aspects of your life? Um, probably, probably not. I think I was quite a confident, outgoing sort of person. Right. Anyway, and uh, the the music would have would have happened anyway. Okay. Um, I'm very very grateful to a friend who who uh, who honed me uh, 21 years ago because he'd met a fellow 
musician who had just been uh, on a Maguire course, and this guy was was an incredibly severe stammerer, mm. and he showed up to a show and he said, I'm doing fine. Guess what's just happened? And he he proceeded to address everybody and and he was speaking incredibly well. So my friend said, I need to speak to you after the rehearsal because I've got a friend in Glasgow that I'm sure would love to hear about this. Yeah. So I'm incredibly grateful to him for uh, for getting the information and f f uh, for having the courage uh, to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and he phoned me with the information. Yeah. It's, it's been incredibly beneficial. Yeah. You've obviously, during your career, Graham, you've met some amazing people, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Who have been your, you know, the people that have inspired you the most? People that have inspired me. Um, well, because we're talking about speech already, uh, every time I see Barack Obama making a making a public speech, it's like that's it. <laughs> that's how. I want to be able to, to speak like that. <laughs> he's he's comfortable in the, comfortable in his own skin. He he addresses an audience well. He pauses. He hardly uses any eh um eh. He's focused, he's incredibly articulate and uh, he's an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Another guy I'm finding very inspiring just now is uh, an American Christian activist called Shane Claiborne who's just incredible. He and a a few of his friends flew to Iraq just before the invasion, and uh, and uh, st stood in, in solidarity with uh, Iraqi people. Uh, uh, while bombs fell, apologising. <laughs> Sorry. So it's like, yep, can't argue with that guy. <laughs> yeah. He's he's just incredible. Check him out as well, Shane Claiborne. Yeah. Hey. Uh, he wrote an inspiring book called The Irresistible Revolution. The Irresistible Revolution. Mm -hmm. Very inspiring book. Graham, mm -hmm. you'll be pleased to know that that's, uh, that we're, we're just about to ask you the last question. It's a two-part question. Uh, and it's really just about what, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given and what advice would you give to the next generation of 
musicians or business people? Well, personally, the best piece of advice I got, I've uh, mentioned already, it was my friend who phoned and suggested that I investigate the Maguire program. Otherwise, I would not be speaking to you <laughs> at all right now. Yeah, sure. I'd have yeah. said, no, I can't do that. Don't be silly. Yeah. Uh, so that, that for me personally. Uh, but in terms of, of, of music or business, you have to be willing to take a certain amount of risk because nothing is guaranteed. But the only thing that's guaranteed is if you don't do anything, and don't take any risks at all, nothing will happen. So if you have a a, an idea, a germ of an idea or a a strong desire in your heart of something that you really want to do make make plans and investigate and get advice and do it that's great advice it's interesting because a a lot of our guests have said are very similar Uh, i think two or three have said be brave Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, just resonating with what you're sort of saying. If, if you, uh, again, right. it's uh, it's not a dress rehearsal. We get one chance at life. Yeah, uh, take take your opportunity when it arises. So, Graham Duffin, thank you very much for joining us here. And I was going to podcast. It's been fantastic speaking speaking to you t- 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 tonight. It's just been uh, very interesting. Thanks very much for being so uh, honest and open with your, your answers. That's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.